I've been doing a fair amount of nipple worry as of late. And because I don't feel like I can just say something like that and have it be understood by everyone, a little bit of explanation may be in order. When I say nipple worry, it's more about nipple fear. So let me paint a nipple picture for you, if I can. Let's just say, for argument's sake, someone is exploring your nipple with their tongue or their teeth and their lips while their other hand or hands are exploring your nether regions. You should be focused in the moment and enjoying it. I, for example, am wrapped up in nipple worry. And that's because about a year ago, I had them pierced. Now, this was not the first time I've had one of them pierced. That was back in high school and I used it, used it, wore it, had it for you know, two or three decades. Took it out because of extenuating circumstances and then had them both re-pierced or one re-pierced and the other pierced initially. The healing process took nearly a full year. Imagine that. A full year before they were healed. 365 days of, is it going to fall off? Is this a normal looking bump? <laughs> Did my areola always look like this? <laughs> is my nipple supposed to look like a Cracker Jack? A year. <laughs> of nipple worry. And so it's finally healed. And I'm like, let's get in the game, baby. And I can't get in the game because I'm filled with nipple worry. What if uh, it's uh, pulled a little too tight? What if it's reopened the wound of the original piercing? What if, I don't know, saliva gets caught inside of it and mutates into some weird saliva monster? Not unlike those uh, green phlegm monsters on TV commercials you see from time to time and just sets up shop inside of the nipple. These are my worries, my nipple worries. What if I can't clean it properly? Oh, shit. I'm going to be one of those people without nipples. God damn it. I would like, if I may to take you on a strange journey. Hi! <laughs> Welcome to Nine Cents. Nine Cents is a satanic perspective of our modern world, and I'm your host, Reverend Campbell. It's good to have you. It is March 22nd. I had to look. It's just one of those days. Uh, it is March 22nd, and I have a great show for you this week. <laughs> I hope. It's going to be a good one, though. It is day seven into quarantine, <laughs> working and living from home, and we're not cannibals yet, but I have to tell you, Cross my mind. 
I'm not going to say which one because in case they're listening, it could be you. <laughs> All right. Um, let's go over the show notes quickly so that I can dive into some insanity with you and then we can jump right back into the show proper, shall we? In The Devil's Advocate, I'm going to be talking about misanthropy. That's right. This one word is intimately tied to Satanism, but I'm going to question whether it should be or whether or not it's just people afraid of being liked. In the uh, Infernal Informant, the second segment, Illinois Governor Pritzker, I said that right, I'm sure, uh, slams profoundly un-American racist speech on coronavirus. And astronaut Chris Hadfield shares tips for self-isolation during coronavirus. And then in the third segment, Creature Feature, we're going to be talking about a good old-fashioned video game called Dragon Warrior, my personal favorite of all time. <laughs> I actually still play as an adult. That's right. Not a lot, but from time to time. But we'll get into all that here in just a second. I want to start um, by saying... Um, <laughs> Cheers to another day in paradise. This is paradise. This is quarantine. We went to the grocery store today. Uh, Half-filled aisles. Didn't have any problem getting anything we were looking for. But if you were looking for toilet paper, yeah. Even in Mormontown, it's off the shelves. <laughs> like it's, a it's, like, it's like in and out Burger off the menu request. You just have to know that you can ask for it, and then they'll give it to you. They just don't leave it on the menu board. That's where toilet paper has gone nowadays. Um, I'm, I'm having a hard time with this quarantine thing. I have a hard time just having my week-long vacation. And that's including going and doing things and then coming back home and just having a few days of recovery from vacation. Like, I, I am struggling <laughs> on keeping my, my head right here. Um, I hope you guys are doing better, but again, cannibalism, and not just because I'm hungry, because I'm not, like all of those needs are fulfilled, it's just kind of exploratory at this point, right? It's like, you know what's going to happen, if if we know anything by history, the Donner Party tells us that we have to eat each other, so now I'm just wondering, how much am I going to like it? Because again, it's not a question of whether you will like it, of course you're going to like it, it's meat, you need meat but how much am I going to like it? And let's say the virus ends tomorrow and everything goes back to normal. Am I going to be able to go back to regular beef or chicken or fucking tuna fish in a can after having had <laughs> human meat? I don't know. It's a genuine question <laughs> that I'm worried about. Um, no, but other than that, there's just today has been a lot of drinking, as you can obviously tell. I'm going to try my best to keep it together, but I can't promise I'm not going to freak out because, because it could happen. <laughs> um, I do want to let you guys know a little bit about what's going on. Recently, I've had a bit of an uptick in new satanic content for not only this channel, but the website and all the different series that I produce. Um, that's just circumstantial. Sometimes it's going to ebb and flow. I'm going to always try to keep a weekly nine cents. Always. Um, but if I'm sitting around and I got nothing to do, but maybe I have something to say, I'm going to put something together and I'm going to say it and I'm going to put it out there. I'm going to try to keep the emails that I send out to those of you who are on the email list down to once a week. But 
I'm probably going to be producing more than once a week. And yeah, I'll probably get burned out on that too, but this is the cycle of things, and my satanic content biological clock is ticking as I'm sitting here doing nothing. So <laughs> it's either this or interact with my family, and <laughs> uh, who wants to do that, right? <laughs> Except for you, honey, in the chat room. You're great, right? I love you. <laughs> uh, it's going to be a good show. I promise you, people. Uh, Wes, good to see you. My man, how you doing? Ricky, how you doing, man? Shauna, hmm, I'm going for your thighs first. <laughs> Jason, what up, dog? Valeria, how are you? Uh, let's see, Kyle, good to see you. Dallas, how you doing, man? Azazel, Azazel. I'm guessing by the uppercase letter, you're supposed to accentuate that letter, like like really hit it hard. So it's Azazel, or maybe just Ash 77, one of two. We'll figure something out. And uh, anyone joining in after the fact, if you want to join this crazy party of madness, good to see you. Um, I want to start with the devil's advocate in misanthropy because uh, I kind of have a few things to talk about, I think. I appreciate that choice, Zachary, you know? That's a, I don't know if that's a tough one in the season that The Walking Dead's in right now, but certainly seven seasons ago, it was, would have been a tough choice. <laughs> I, I literally don't know anyone who's still watching that show. I know people who say they're still watching the show, but I question whether they actually are, or they're just like, I need to prove that I can be in for the long haul, that I can really commit to something. And so I'm just going to say it. And especially like premiere day. Who... Who nowadays, it, it's, it would be the same thing, you know, for all those people who actually show up to American Horror Story, new episodes, and watch it that night. You know it's going to go to shit halfway through the season. Why are you even putting yourself through the pain? Do you just hate yourself? Is that what it is? I feel like The Walking Dead's down that same path. But I appreciate you coming on nonetheless. Peanut butter toast! <laughs> How you doing, man? I fucking love your name so goddamn much. Alright, let's do a little Devil's Advocate, shall we? All right, let's dive into it, shall we? I actually have an image for this, which normally I don't. Uh, it's not a good image, but it's just one that I saw on the Wikipedia page, and I thought, yeah, that'll be an image. So there it is. <laughs> Small enough that you can't tell what it is. All right, misanthropy. Uh, this is the general hatred, dislike, distrust, or contempt of the human species or human nature. Now, this is intimately connected with Satanism. There's a number of reasons why one may understand it as being connected, because you have individuals like the founder and our current high priest who have spoken to uh, being uh, uh, misanthropists. But uh, I, I feel like I'm saying that, wrong, that word wrong every single time I say it, so that's why I, I laugh, because I just don't know anymore. Like, I really want to say misanthropy, because I know it's wrong, but it's one of those things in your head, you're like, I know that's the wrong way to say it, so I should have, I must say it just to get it out of the way, then I won't ever say it or think it again, but it keeps coming back. All right, um, it's often confused with uh, asociality, which it is not, 
uh, pre-Socratic philosopher Heraclitus. Not to be confused with the pre-sexual Heraclitus, which was also a very well-known scholar in the 70s particularly. A lot of um, fro Anyway, uh, he, he said uh, people were forever without understanding of what was, in his view, the nature of reality. And that's where misanthropy, uh, for him, really started setting in as a, a sort of idea. If you didn't understand reality, and you were one of those who did, and you had to share the planet with these fucking idiots out there, then you didn't want to interact with them because clearly they were fucking idiots. Well, that's that's where he's coming from. In Plato's Phaedo, Socrates describes a misanthrope in relation to his fellow man. Misanthropy develops when, without art, one puts complete trust in somebody, thinking the man absolutely true and sound and reliable, and then a little later discovers him to be bad and unreliable. And when it happens to someone often, he ends up hating everyone. Um, but that puts misanthropy in this construct of being a potential result, the result of thwarted expectation or even excessively naive optimism. And so as Satanists who claim to be misanthropes, it's strange to think that they are naive optimists and that's why they're misanthropes. So we're going to get into that here in just a second. I want to touch on one more thing here. Um, Aristotle follows a more ontological route. The misanthrope, as an essential solitary man, is not a man at all. He must be a beast or a god. See, that fits a little closer in with satanic ideology, right? How else could you separate yourself from the rest of mankind whom you perceive as being lesser in some way than if you were in fact some sort of beast or god yourself. And again, as uh, Satanists, we see ourselves as both, ironically or not. Um, and so I guess the ultimate question about this, and the reason why I wanted to bring this up, is because we have so many examples of Satanists who claim to be misanthropes. Again, founder, current high priest, members, ad nauseum, it's everywhere. Uh, is it possible to be a Satanist and not be a misanthrope? And so the simple answer, I think, is yes. But is it? Because if we look back at the actual definition, general hatred, dislike, distrust, or contempt of the human species or human nature, how could you be a Satanist and be a misanthrope? You see yourself as part of human nature. You see yourself as an animal. You're inherently wrapped up in the nature of this planet. So how could you then hate what you are? And then, is it the hatred of what you are or the hatred of those who share this mortal place with you. And I think that's where we get into the realm of uh, highest embodiment of human life, the alien elite, where we as Satanists try to separate ourselves. We see dumb and dumber, and we're like, well, who? I'm not that. 
I am clearly better than that. And so you put a barrier between you and them. I am the highest embodiment of human life. I am the alien elite. I could not be like those mere animals, all the while claiming that you are an animal inherent by the human condition wrapped up in all of the one nature entity that controls all of us. So you're claiming to be both within and without. Now, philosophically, I don't see that as a problem. Duality of man and all. But realistically... And then let's tack on the reality of having met other Satanists. <laughs> Highest embodiment of human life, eh? Alien elite, eh? Now, I, I have to give credit where credit is due. There are some people that are just spectacular. They have realized the magic of mastery, as Megas Gilmore has put it in one of his essays. Uh, they have exemplified a profession or an exercise and they are the best at it. But those are few and far between. That is not the norm. And so if we are to be forced to face reality, and I would argue as Satanists we should, then we have to be objective unto what we actually are. And are we masters of our trades? And if we're not, and if we haven't transcended the state of the average humdrum person, then are we not still part of the herd? And if we're then still part of the herd, how can we be misanthropes when we are part of the fucking problem, man? You're just in it. Did you hate yourself? Certainly. Chemical issues aside, some people may. Um, but I would argue most Satanists don't hate themselves. They actually want to improve themselves. They love themselves. This is the only life we got. We got to fight for it. We got to work toward a better version of it. So can you be a misanthrope? If you are a part of the very society, if you are a part of the very mankind that you then detest and hate, and then the other side of that is, do you really? Are you claiming that you do? Because it's hip to be square. Huey Lewis in the news, if you didn't catch that reference. Or are you actually a misanthrope? I never considered the issue, and I, I genuinely don't think I am. Because when I was stationed in Germany in my um, tour in the U.S. military, um, I had this really wonderful experience where I ordered pizza. Now, the first thing I noticed was that pizza outside of America is not the pizza you experience in America. Ironically, I also experienced this about Chinese food, which blew my mind. Chinese food in Germany was shit compared to the Chinese food that I could get in America. Now, I don't know if I'm just used to Chinese food not being Chinese food, but in the context of pizza, it was actually like Italian pizza. It wasn't American pizza, which are very different things. So anyway, I ordered pizza. The pizza delivery driver came in. I can't remember how we got on the topic of discussion, but whatever the context was, uh, he explained that he was a father. I explained that I was a brand new father. My son was just born. And so we were dealing with that. And there was this moment of connection between me and him of two human beings that could not be on different sides of probably every single potential issue, except loving our children 
and wanting to be the best version of ourselves so that they could then be the best version of themselves. And that immediately connected to him. And this brief interaction made me realize that I don't dislike humanity. I don't dislike mankind because they are humanity or they are mankind. I dislike individuals on individual bases. But humanity as a whole, in order to be deemed a misanthrope, no. No. Because we all want the exact same things. We want the basis of Maslow's hierarchy of needs. We want love. We want attention. And we want to provide a better future for those of us who have offspring for the offspring. And rather than separating ourselves, that actually connects us. So how then can I hate humanity or, or be disdainful of humanity? Now, yeah, there's a lot of stupid things that I dislike about other humans. A lot. <laughs> so many. So many. But I live in a society that tells me that if I want to improve upon that society, hence if I want to have more power over my society, I have to be a participant in it, then simply standing outside of it and saying I hate it and it sucks does me literally no good. And as a pragmatist, as a Satanist, for me, I can't do that. I just can't. And so it always blows my mind when I run across Satanists who say, yes, I'm a misanthrope, fuck all of humanity, fuck the herd, they're all a bunch of fucking losers, I wish they would die tomorrow. Do you realize how shitty your life would be if they all died tomorrow? Honestly? We're about to find out how a tenth or maybe a sixth of them, when they die during this current pandemic and, you know, months to come, how our lives are going to be. We rely on the herd. So I, I kind of see it in this way of, uh, let's pretend you're an English noble man or woman and you have servants. <laughs> I don't care if you want to extrapolate this out to like Southern slave owners or not. I'm not going to judge you by the uh, comparisons you want to make. I'm just saying, let's say you have people working for you. You don't want to shit on the people working for you because then they may shit in your food. <laughs> I mean... You want to take care of the people, right? So that's, <laughs> this may be more condescending than just saying that I don't like them. I see the herd as necessary. They clean my toilets. When I'm in public, if I need to drink out of a fountain, they are the ones that clean the water. I need them. So why would I hate them? I may not agree with all of their ideas, all of their thoughts, but guess what? They don't agree with mine either. That's called human condition. That's reality. And that's okay. We don't have to agree. I don't want everyone to agree. But I do want my water to be clean. I do want my garbage taken out. And I want them to uh, patronize my place of work. Because then I get money. So that I can buy things that make my life easier or happier. If it, no other reason for the moment. So why would I hate that? I, I, I've never understood that. So I want to look in here. Um, pentagonal stratification. Okay, Zachary. So what I think you're going through um, with that comment is uh, stratification is separating yourself from those you don't want to interact with. 
right? It's the cream will rise to the top. It's setting aside, creating barriers between those that you detest. Yeah, of course. But you can't do that on a societal level. And maybe I should clarify that. Very few hu human beings can do that on a societal level. And yeah, stratif uh, 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 practice stratification in your life. You don't have to hobnob with every one of the herd, but that's different from hating them. Separating yourself from someone is dramatically different than actively disliking them. Because you're still interacting with them. You're still engaging with them if you're part of that society. You don't have to like them. You don't have to agree with them. But you rely on them. And yeah, if you want to take it to that level, then you can just detest everyone that you rely on. But at some point, it's going to come back and bite you in the ass. And that's where lesser magic always comes in for me. Because if I detest someone, I don't walk up to them and say, fuck you, man. I put a smile on. I nod my head. I think what I'm going to think. And I walk away. And I end up in a better position every single time for it. You don't have to go to blows. You don't have to have arguments, screaming matches. You just, all right, man. Well, that's very interesting. Have a good day. And you move on. And that's it. You don't have to engage with them, but they're necessary. I always had this statement of, of uh, uh, individuals um, being born with innate capacities. And it's an idea that I fervently believe in. Not everyone can be a Satanist. Not everyone can be a Beethoven. Not everyone can be a, um, a Leonardo da Vinci. Uh, everyone has a wall that they can hit. And you can push that wall a little bit through practice and exercise. But there will be a wall, physiologically, genetically, that you will hit. Some people just are destined to be worker bees. That's the herd. And what's wrong with that? We need them. I mean, rather than detest them for their inane thoughts or, or interactions, we should celebrate them because they're doing what we don't want to do. They're fulfilling a need so that we can <laughs> fulfill successes. We should celebrate them. Thank you, herd fucking worker bees. I appreciate you. Like, you're fucking retarded. You have no ambitions. You're just scraping by. You don't plan for the future. You're probably going to die a horrible fucking death. But thanks. Because I don't want to do what you do. And I'm glad you're doing it. Appreciate it, man. I, that's how I see it anyway. I don't expect everyone to. Um, Alright, so what are you guys saying here about this? Uh, you like the blue? Thanks. I appreciate it. Um, you need the hurt so you can make money and buy the latest Dragon Warrior game. <laughs> I don't know about the latest Dragon Quest game, uh, but, uh, certainly the first for me anyway. Yeah, Mark, that's exactly what I'm saying. You can hate people, but tolerate their existence because it's necessary. Um, yeah, that, and that's a minutia of the point where you could, you know, then be a misanthrope and still appreciate that those people exist, even though you detest them ultimately. And I guess it, it really does to come down to like a perspective, whether or not you want to go in that way. I don't like hanging out with other human beings, but that doesn't make me a misanthrope. That makes me a little bit more of an introvert, is all. Um, 
I don't innately hate people because they do things that I don't want to do or think things that I don't think or believe things that I think are insane or stupid or crazy. They're just other ants running about on the same rock that I happen to be on. That's it. I don't need to even concern myself with them. And there's the other side of this. Um, actively hating someone, actively loving someone, both take an immense amount of energy and time up here, not just in your day-to-day -day living. To hate someone, to exercise an open dislike for a group of person, that takes energy that I'm not willing to expend on random people that I don't interact with or I don't know personally. I would rather spend that time and energy on pursuits that make me happy or more fulfilled. You know, I mean, it, it, it's the reality of, of actively hating. That's why I've never understood white supremacists. Um, it's a, a very stupid notion to me to hate a gender or an ethnicity simply because they are that gender or ethnicity when you could be spending all of that energy in pursuing your own successes. And that, of course, defines the difference between a Satanist and any other fucking human being is that we will use our energy wisely and not counterproductively. And we'd like to think so anyway. Um, every sort has a role. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, let's see. You used to hate people when they used to spit on you and throw trash at you. Gotta love retail. You know what, though? Here's the thing about retail jobs. You appreciate retail people after you've had them, I think. I think everyone should have a fast food job and a retail job. You should have a customer service-based job so that you can understand how your interactions with customer service-based jobs actually affects them. It's called perspective. <laughs> you will gain an immense amount of perspective and very quickly too. I think it's very important um, because then you, you understand what it's like to be in that position. And so maybe you shouldn't put so much energy out there on shitting on people. It's like whenever I get a telemarketer, you could either not answer the phone, hang up or verbally berate them. I never understood the person that verbally berates them. It's just that someone trying to make a buck, trying to live their miserable life. You think they're happy doing it? No, they're not happy. They're just trying to make rent or, or, or buy a burger for lunch. I don't, it's not a personal affront. It's like if someone cuts you off in traffic, they're not doing it because it's you as a person. They just are a little short-sighted and think that being one car ahead is going to save them a second of time. That's really important to them. I don't care. It's not personal. Let them be assholes. I'll just back up a little bit, let them go freak out and be on their way. And I'll just have a nice calm commute. It's, it's all about how you internalize others' reactions, right? Do I hate them for it? No, not at all. I just think they're fucking idiots. But I'm not going to spend more time in my mind than thinking that one notion. And then I'm going to go on to listen to the audiobook or thinking about what I'm going to do the rest of the day. And, you know, just focusing on me. Um, yeah, Ricky, uh, use that energy to create, not drain it on something invaluable. Absolutely. Uh, you hypothesize that with the dawn of... AI uh, will have sufficient automation to reduce the population to useful individuals. Now you're getting somewhere where I can jump on board, Zachary. Um, so me not being a misanthrope does not mean 
that I think everyone deserves to live because I don't. And this is why I'm always blown away when people call me like super liberal and stuff <laughs> because I, I, I'm, I fervently believe if you do not contribute to the society that you're in, meaning you take more than you provide to that society, you should not be in that society. So whether that means being ejected from the society or eliminated from the society and all that that entails, <laughs> that's just a personal belief of mine. And you can say that, yeah, because I'm in a privileged position of being a middle-aged white man in probably the easiest time to ever be a privileged white man, uh, that it's easy for me. Yeah, okay, but those are the cards I was dealt. So suck it. <laughs> I'm going to enjoy it. That's how it is. That's how we roll. That's what we do. You know? Why would I willingly put myself in a worse place? Fuck that. No. No. If you're not contributing to my society, get out of my society. It's that simple. That's not to say that you can't fall, have a little bit of help from the society to pick yourself back up and move along as a productive member. We all have those situations and that's normal. I'm not going to hate you for that. What I am going to hate is a culture of sucking the teat and not providing a little reach around in return. That's all. So anyway, I think I've, uh, <laughs> dog, I'm not three sheets yet. But I'm feeling the wind. Um, but that's kind of where I live here. All right, Zachary. First of all, it is pretty damn nice. Except, <laughs> this is so fucking privileged. Um, except when it's not, right? Like technology is great until it doesn't work exactly as you expect. So there'll be times when it like phantom breaks, which is a pain in my ass. Or when it can't exactly read the, the road lines. And then it tells me to grab the steering wheel. Like I'm sort of, sort of like, I don't know, ape. Like I have to drive myself. I didn't buy you so that I would have to drive myself. I bought you so that you would drive me. That's... <laughs> Otherwise, why did I buy you? What am I doing? Right? Come on now. <laughs> Fucking Teslas. Again, first world problems, I know. <laughs> it's a problem, man. It's a fucking problem. Um, love my Tesla, though. Love it. All right, that's all I want to talk about in Devil's Advocate. Let's do a little Infernal Inform and see how much crazier I get. Oh, boy. I just want to keep listening to that because you heard those notes that were creeping in after that it's just sort of like ambient static the notes were creeping in a little like uh, a little bit of Nine Inch Nails like god damn I love that shit alright so our first let me get the image up here real quick our first article made me laugh not quite out loud but close Illinois Governor Pritzker slams profoundly un-American racist speech on coronavirus. So, Illinois Governor J.B. Pritzker appeared to implicitly criticize President Trump uh, while he was uh, outlining his forthcoming stay-at-home order for the land of Lincoln and closed with a pointed critic critique of some of the rhetoric being used. He characterized um, that the coronavirus is tied, or the, the idea that characterization of coronavirus being tied to any particular ethnicity is profoundly un-American. The current crisis should drive home to all of us just how connected we actually are, he says. 
And by way of like doubling down, uh, Hillary Clinton, as she is prone to do, claims on Twitter last week that Trump is using racist rhetoric to distract from his failures and to take the coronavirus seriously early on. And this is why I wanted to talk about this, because the idea that any American, <laughs> I, whether you believe in the rhetoric or not, but any American would say that um, racist speech is un-American is an insane notion to me. America was built via slavery. It was built off of colonization. If there is anything more racist than colonizing and enslaving populaces or the eradication of native peoples, I don't know what it is. That is Americanism. Like from the beginning, we, we rose up against England because we didn't want to pay our fucking taxes, but we needed slaves so that we would have an effective, uh, economy. <laughs> That's who we are. We stole land, we bought it from people who didn't even fucking own it in the first place, and then when the indigenous peoples decided to rise up against us, we fucking massacred them. We massacred them, and those that we allowed to live, we put in these tiny little spaces of dirt that no one actually fucking wanted in the first place. We forced sterilized native peoples. We fucking tortured them so that they were not allowed to actually engage in their own religious practices. This is America. That's how we've always been. We're the most racist populace of the entire fucking planet. And you can't wipe all of that away simply because you don't like the reality of our history. And that doesn't mean that you're a racist. It doesn't mean that I'm a racist. But if you look at the history of America and this much is woke, and this much is racist, you can't say it's un-American to be racist. We were built on it! You fucking idiots. I, it drives me crazy that, uh, yeah, Ricky, spot on, man. Speak American. <laughs> we don't even identify with the other cultures of the world because we think we are exceptional when we are actually worse off in literally every category. I don't care if it's public health, public education, I, languages spoken per capita, perspective of others in the planet. Americans, and I can say this because I am one, <laughs> are fucking stupid. We are ignorant, willfully stupid, but we're also primarily ignorant because our education pretty much sucks. Um, we are acting in our own, uh, I'm sorry, we're acting in our, against our own self-interest in most cases. And most Americans, remember the herd I was speaking to before, um, vote against their own self-interests because they want to ide identify with a team. Yeah, yeah. They want to identify, as, <laughs> get this, either red or blue, a color, or an elephant or a fucking donkey. That is what most Americans think like. They see a cross or they see the devil. That's America. 
So for this fucking asshat, who I'm sure has the best of intentions, who is trying his best to manage an insane pandemic, and I have sympathy for it, to then postulate that our president, like him or not, who is duly elected, agree with it or not, who is acting on behalf of, if not exactly a uh, equal half of the country, pretty close to it, in his racist rhetoric, to say that that's un-American is to ignore that populace that put him in power simply because of his racist rhetoric. This is a guy who looked at a Nazi rally shouting Jews will not replace us and said that there are good people on both sides. Rallies where Nazis ran over American citizens and killed them in a nation where there are more terrorist threats from right-wing Americans than there are from terrorists of any country, according to the U.S. government, we're not racist. Right. Okay, well, you continue drinking that insanity Kool-Aid, but I prefer to live in reality's terms, and I realize that the majority of people are racist, whether they're actively racist or just inherently have biases that could be construed as racists. That's a human condition. I'm not saying it's good or bad. That's up to you to decide as an individual. But I have biases that I apply when I look at someone, I judge them based on my own human experience, based on my education. You can pretty much sum up that this type of a person is going to perform this particular course of action in this particular situation. Now, it's not always right, but if you hedge in your bet and you had to make a guess, sometimes it turns out to be in your favor to have guessed that way. Again, not good or bad, but that's how we are as human beings. That, and as a Satanist, to deny that is insane to me. Uh, do you think maybe everyone's a little bit racist? Yeah, I do. I absolutely do. Whether you're racist because you are forced to be racist, i.e., your ethnicity was shit on so much by others, you have distrust in those ethnicities, that puts you in a position of being racist. You don't trust them. You see them as all being a certain way. Um, or you were taught to be racist, and so you are. Yeah. Christianity is oozing with racism. Mormons, just in my state, are oozing with racism. They call them Lamanites. That's right. They actually believe that Native Americans were white people, just like Europeans, until they pissed God off, who then tainted their skin darker. And now they just refer to them as uh, taking a Lamanite. They see them as shit people. That's Mormon culture. That's what I was raised in, man. <laughs> you can't pretend that Americans aren't racist or Americanism is not intimately tied up with racism. It is. You don't have to like it. You don't have to agree with it. You can be working to change it, but it's a fact. Fucking people. Um, all right, what did you say, dog? Uh, you think Satanists get frustrated on how people shit on humanity, the waste potential, mind creativity on nihilism? Yeah, yeah, I think uh, the frustration drives us to separation from the herd, even though we are part of that herd. We alone, uh, we're alone in the crowded room. Yeah, and, and this is something that it's always like stunned me uh, to find Satanists who are like openly bigoted 
Because if there's one thing that you should understand fundamentally about Satanism, that's to be able to judge people as individuals because you're an individual. You're not, every, in my particular case, every other guy. You're not every other white guy. You're not every other white guy who fears for his nipples. <laughs> as my cold open suggested. Uh, I, I am the individual type of Adam, <laughs> which is very different and very weird and obscure and crazy in his own way, just like you are the individual version of you, whatever that may be. So why would we then look at groups? And then, especially when you reflect on the founder um, uh, and the maestro who have written specifically satanic essays against the idea of typifying groups uh, and, and celebrating the idea of individuality, as a Satanist, it, it doesn't make any sense. But again, you can't deny that it's part of American culture, which is why I thought this article would be worth me ranting about, because I thought it was interesting. Um, there's just, <laughs> Zachary, not at all. There's just a lot of retards out there. Yeah, there are. And here's the deal. Just because a retard's a retard, I don't hate him. I don't even dislike him. I can accept that someone is what they are, and that's fine. They are them. I am me, and we are we, and whatever you know it, like you don't I, it, just don't waste the energy it's not worth it i don't care um all right let's do this next one here i feel like i'm backsliding this is gonna be fun this is gonna be short but it's gonna be fun all right this is astronaut chris hadfield shares tips for self-isolation during coronavirus so a lot of regional areas have locked down their populaces uh saying don't go out unless it's like really really necessary like you have to pick up provisions to live otherwise self-quarantine and just stay home and the whole idea of that is to curb the spread of the virus COVID-19 so that hospitals can actually manage the virus that's really all it comes down to and so in order to curb that a lot of governments are locking uh, citizens down it's sort of a handshake basis like don't go out unless you have to let's all just sort of you know uh, social distance and, and, and live our lives. Who would know better than that than an astronaut who's stuck on uh, the space station for months at a time? Like, you, you have to figure out ways to keep yourself busy. And so these are some of the suggestions that he had, which I thought were interesting. On Saturday, <clears throat> pardon, Chris Hadfield posted a video called Astronaut's Guide to Self-Isolation. You can find it in YouTube to help those struggling with working from home or just feeling stir crazy during the pandemic. He said, understand the actual risk. Don't just be afraid of things. So you need to go to reliable websites in order to learn the actual risk that you are isolating from. Understand the realities of it. Uh, he says, go to credible sources, find out what's truly the risk that you're facing right now so that you have a realistic understanding of how to prevent that risk. Um, and again, it, it's the difference between hiding under your covers or looking under your bed. Like you need to understand why you're afraid. And we as adults, first, Satanists second, should truly understand why we're being asked to do things. Sometimes these are going to be rational requests by government. Sometimes they're going to be irrational. But you don't know unless you ask the questions. Don't just believe what someone is telling you in a social network or a friend or a family member because what have we all learned so far? There's a lot of retards out there. <laughs> 
I know some people don't like that word. I actually really enjoy the word. It's fun for me. Um, now, I could see if I was calling someone that was slow mentally a retard, that would be offensive, but I'm not calling anyone specifically it. I'm just using it hyperbolically, and I'm going to, so get used to it. All right. Have a mission, he says, and make goals during that time. Uh, decide what you want to get done and what you need to accomplish. So this is something that should not be foreign to Zaynists. We live life with intention. We understand, okay, I am here right now. I feel like my life would be better if I was there. How do I get from here to there? What steps do I need to take in order to do that? Is that a trade? Is that higher education? Is that working harder at the profession you're already working at? Um, whether it's a relationship or an interaction or a financial goal, whatever it is, you need to understand where you want to get, understand where you are, and understand the steps in between. And that's all he's saying. And that doesn't always have to be something so grand as I just stated. Maybe it's finishing a puzzle or starting a puzzle. Really, start at the edges. It's easier. Um, start a new project or study something new like how to play guitar or learn a new language. There's absolutely nothing wrong with educating yourself and it can always be entertaining and fun. So maybe it's read a new book. Maybe it's relearn algebra because you forgot so many years ago. <laughs> like every time my kids ask me a question, I have to look it up because I don't remember. Like when my teacher said, you're going to need to understand this because you're going to use it in your everyday life. That was bullshit. <laughs> that was a straight up lie. I don't use algebra on a day-to-day -day basis. Not intentionally and certainly not to the degree of, uh, you know, the, the, the tests that I was given. So, I do have to look it up and be like, okay, how the hell do you divide fractions again? Because <laughs> not once as a human adult have I ever divided a fraction. Not consciously. And certainly not to like minutia detail where it's like, yes, that's the correct answer. Or, eh, that's close enough. <laughs> like if I'm cutting a piece of pie. That's as close as it gets, people. Cutting pie <laughs> to fraction dividing for me. I don't know if that's bad or not. <laughs> That's what it is. Yeah, Zachary, seriously. What? Why are there letters in my numbers? This isn't like a crazy version of alphabet soup. What the fuck is Campbell's Soup doing? They're messing with our minds is what they're doing. They just want to sell more soup, so they created a whole new type of mathematics to incorporate their numbers and their letters. Damn Greeks <laughs> and Campbell's. Um, yeah, don't, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> That's my answer to your question. I don't know. Um, but to the point, challenge yourself. Learn something new. Take care of yourself is the last one of the suggests. Uh, take care of your family and friends. Take care of your spaceship, whatever form your spaceship may take. I think that's important. Uh, and you can extrapolate that out to the you know literal sense of just you know be present and, and uh, interact. Or you could take it into literal of... You know, you need to exercise. You need to eat right. You need to engage with those whom you are quarantined with. You need to take care of the spaceship through routine maintenance. Little things like that are going to keep your mind active. And there's nothing worse than not having an active mind. And you only have to be inactive for a while to realize that truth. So I think that those are fantastic suggestions from an astronaut about how to deal with self-isolation, with um, social distancing, as they're saying, as the kids are saying nowadays. Um, 
But also, here's a little tip. This is something that I've kind of wanted to check out that I haven't yet. There's a Google Chrome extension. Google Chrome is a, a web browser, for those of you who may not know. Uh, and they have these little plugins called extensions. There's one for Netflix Party. And it allows you to watch a Netflix show, movie or, or series, with a chat room. And it's synchronized across everyone that's in that chat room. And so I've thought often, like, maybe I should set something like that up. And just have, like, a, I don't know, a mystery science theater chat experience with a movie. And, just so you guys know, next month, um, Killer Clowns from Outer Space is coming up on Netflix. How much more perfect can you get for a Netflix party? Like, that would be great, right? Would you guys want to do that? I think that'd be fun. I don't know. Anyway, figure something out. I don't know. Do a puzzle or something. Get your nipples pierced. <laughs> it's good for you. It's good for your sanity. Uh, all right, that's it for uh, Infernal Informant. Let's do a little creature feature, shall we? sounding Ooh. that's what i should be doing right now instead of going crazy and thinking about cannibalism i should actually just finish these segments out and make the videos for them but <clears throat> i don't have an excuse or a reason i just haven't yet <laughs> i'm a grown man and i'm gonna talk about dragon warrior <laughs> i hope you tune in because I love this fucking game. So I, I cut my teeth on the Nintendo Entertainment System outside of arcades um, as a kid. Uh, so I grew up with first-generation NES games. Legend of Zelda, Super Mario Brothers, that's, that's where I came from. Um, but that game, Dragon Warrior, was the first one to really set me on a completely different path. Legend of Zelda was great because it was role-playing, but it was like, like role-playing light. Um, this is traditional role-playing. Nowadays, it, this game sort of set the standard for Japanese role-playing games, which is kind of the standard nowadays. Final Fantasy, for example. Anyway, um, it was developed by Chunsoft for the family computer. It was published by Enix in Japan in 1986 as Dragon Quest. There's a naming issue, and so in America, Nintendo in 89 released it for the Nintendo Entertainment System as Dragon Warrior, so they didn't have to have patent issues. Uh, later, they would change it to Dragon Quest, just for simplicity. Um, the basic premise is that players control a hero character who is charged with saving the kingdom of Alephgard and rescuing its princess from an evil dragon lord. Um, it's 8-bit, top-down view, so you're moving your character around, kind of like Legend of Zelda. Um, but it's very simple. And, and the whole point of this game um, that was created by uh, Yuji Hori. I hope I said that right, because I really do appreciate what you did. Um, he wanted to create the most simplistic version of one of his previous games, and also typical games like Wizardry or Ultima, um, for a wider audience that would really be able to fall into um, role-playing games. Again, it's a digital game, so basically the premise is you wake up in this world as you start the game, you are summoned to the king. The king tells you that his daughter was taken by some evil dragon lord, and you're a hero, son of a, a past hero, who must go then and rescue his daughter and save the, the land. Very simple setup. 
it, it's, it's pervasive in all of our cultures going back to uh, Sumerian times. So it's a very simple uh, ideology, you know, the hero of a thousand faces, as it were. Um, and then the premise is very, very simple. It's just grinding, going to the next town, killing monsters, getting gold to buy new equipment. And as you level up, as it were, as you get stronger in the game, you get unlock new spells and stuff like that. But it's very, very simple. You go to the next town, you gear up, and then you go to the next town, you find the new secret, you go to caves, and you know, you explore this whole open world, and then you go to the evil land and destroy the dragon, and, and you win the game. I've played this game more than I'd like to admit, over and over again. So I played it on the original NES over and over again. It's not a hard game to beat, it just takes a couple hours. Um, I say that, it's, it's dozens of hours, but it takes some time. But it's, what I love about it is its simplicity. It's so simple. You can literally play it with one hand. It's one character that you're driving, not like a Final Fantasy where you have to build and develop multiple characters or anything. So it is very simplistic, and I like that. In my head, I want to know what is the best option for the character that I'm controlling, and I want to be able to get it, kill X number of monsters in order to get that thing, and then move on to the next town. I just love the, the simplicity and the order of that. And this game provides it in spades. The music is fucking great. Like, the Dragon Warrior, Dragon Quest music is just... It's iconic at this point. It's like Legend of Zelda. It's like Super Mario's brother music. It's wonderful. You don't have to think too much about it, but there is a story there. And that's one of the real draws of this, is that it's one of those games, and really the first of its kind in its time, where you talked to different people and they gave you different elements of story or suggestions of quests and stuff, and it was all just unraveling this huge plot line. And it's gotten to the point where there's tons of sequels, but the first three Dragon Quest episodes, uh, games, um, created this sort of trilogy of this hero's saga. So the first one ends up being like the middle point of the story, as it were. The sequel to it opened up, you know, larger character companions, not unlike Final Fantasy I when it came out. And then the third one was a prequel to the first one, um, and it's set in a whole different land and everything, but it, it's the one that I'm in the middle of now, the one that I haven't actually played very much of. But Dragon Warrior 1, man, I, I, I had it for the Game Boy, Game Boy Color, and in the middle of my uh, uh, guard duties in the military, I would sit there and just play Dragon Warrior. You have hours to kill, some people were watching uh, X-Files. I'd already binged that, so I already, you know, I was, I was all in that. I was in the, I don't know if you guys remember this. There's a company called Columbia House, and they would, like, give you, like, 12 CDs for a dollar, and then you would be in the Columbia House Club. There was a VHS version of that. And so I, as X-Files was actually on, on air, I was getting previous seasons through Columbia House on VHS cassettes to watch, so I was already caught up with that. So I had nothing else to do, so I was just playing Dragon Warrior over and over and over again because it's simple, it's fun, the music is great, it's entertaining, and it's a good time. And so if you're looking for something to fill up a void of time, something simple, you don't really have to think about, but's engaging and actually does have a really good story and has some fun music, I highly recommend everyone check out Dragon Warrior. It's on all iOS devices. It's on all, um, I don't know what the Google one is called, Android devices, I think. And then it's on all game devices at this point. So whether you have the newest version of an NES handhold console or an old version, it's all there. 
Um, I think it's even ported to PCs and stuff as well. Emulators and stuff. Anyway, the graphics have been updated for modern devices. So it, it looks, you know, it's still kind of 8-bit looking, but it's, you know, more refined looking. 8-bit? <laughs> 16? I don't know what that means. Um, anyway, uh, I want to give a little bit of shout out here to the people who helped build this because I thought it was so great. Uh, the artwork came from Akira Toriyama. I don't know if I'm saying it right, but he's a huge uh, manga and sort of Japanimation uh, artist. I think he's just, I mean, look at that cover. That's great. That's everything I want from someone who came up in Western Arthurian storytelling. Like, that's that's my bag. I dig it. Um, Koichi Sugiyama composed the music. Again, I don't know if I'm saying it right. Sorry if I'm not. But the music is iconic at this point, and I love it to death. It sold more than 2 million copies in Japan. Wasn't as popular in the U.S., but it did catch on in later uh, years. And that's kind of it. That's uh, that's our hour and one minute. That's all I wanted to talk about. If you loved 8-bit role-playing games or you ever wanted to try one, that's the one you should be trying, Dragon Warrior. Thank you guys so much for tuning into this episode. I understand it was a weird one. <laughs> I mean, they're all kind of weird, right? The idea of, of tuning into a Satanist live to just chat about different topics, it's inevitably going to get weird for someone. <laughs> Usually me. But uh, I appreciate it. I appreciate you guys' time and attention. I appreciate you coming in the chat and, and sharing your thoughts. See, I've... So, Mark, you're saying uh, Part 8 is great. I've never played Past 3 at this point, ever. Like, there was... Actually, I don't know if you guys know this. For those of you who like the series, there was a cartoon series back in the day. Like, there used to be, like, a Super Mario cartoon series. There was even a terrible movie that was made about it. But um, there was a Dragon Warrior cartoon series that was created that was great like it was great i was a teenager when it came out i think but i still enjoyed it because again took me back to my youth i love it time traveling back because of a damn cartoon hell yeah thank you very much i will i think um anyway thank you guys so much for tuning in and you're very welcome if you appreciated it thank you ricky for saying so uh and until next week uh you know try to stay healthy try to stay sane Fill your days with loving <laughs> and intention and set some goals for yourselves, whatever those goals may be. Maybe it's to, to fix the leak in your faucet or the handle in that drawer that your wife has been bugging you about. Or maybe it's just to find someone to fuck. Ain't nothing wrong with that. <laughs> Good luck to everyone. And until next week, hail Satan.